Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Never Meet Your Idols, a podcast where your idols get real, whether you like, like, it, like it or, or not. not. This is episode eight. eight. I think so. I think <laughs> episode eight of Never Meet Your Idols, and we're your hosts. I'm Karay. And I'm Laura Mary. And um, I rarely fangirl out about anything. And when I do, it's pretty weird, and this may be weird, but Jeremiah Green from Modest Mouse is on today, and not many people know this. I don't know. Do you know this, Laura? I am. One of the biggest Modest Mouse fans of all time. <laughs> what? <laughs> I had no idea. Okay, I should rephrase that. Because now that I think about it, and I think of like all the questions we got for Jeremiah from actual ridiculously big fans who are super like creepy fanatics, I guess I'm not one of the biggest <laughs> Modest Mouse fans of all time. But my 14-year-old self was like, oof. I oh, had I a doll made. What? <laughs> like one of my friends who I was in a high school band with, we've known each other since we were five. His name's David. And he made me a doll. Oh, my God. Of one of the band members of Modest Mouse, Eric Judy. Are you kidding This me? is in the eighth grade. And <laughs> I had this doll up until I moved out of my house last year. I finally threw it away. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And it was just a doll made out of a sock. <laughs> oh, my God. That this, like, 13-year-old friend of mine, this dude friend of mine, like, tried to sew together. And it was a sock. And there was, Aww. like, sequins as the eyes. And then he sewed Eric Judy across the chest. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of flustered and nervous, even though <laughs> I know Jeremiah already. I, yeah, I'm a huge Modest Mouse fan. Wow, I really had no idea about that. It, you know? It's strange, right? I know. Did not expect you to say that, actually. <laughs> I didn't. I know. And, you know, I... But you've been playing it so cool this whole time. Right? No, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't hide. Like, I can't even stop smiling right now. Like, this is a big... <laughs> I'm really nervous. I'm, like, sweating. <laughs> Karay, this is you actually meeting your idol. This is it. It's strange because... You don't hear it in my music right away, but honestly, I pretty much learned how to play guitar in a lot of ways in terms of like lead guitar parts by listening to Modest Mouse. My um, quote unquote solos and riffs are just a lot of like one note bending kind of experimental sounds. A lot of it came from Modest Mouse influence. Wow, that's so cool. 
Neil Young, Modest Mouse and the Stooges, like that was my guitar influences, yeah. you know, and of course PJ Harvey. Yeah. But Modest Mouse played a huge part in it. That's really, really cool. Yeah, just the, like, wow, 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 wow. Those kind of things that came from just being obsessed with Modest Mouse when I was younger. Wow, I feel really excited for you now. I know probably every word wow. of every song on the first four records. Okay, well, that's good because I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> I remember loads of my friends were really into Modest Mouse and I know quite a few songs, um, but I've never like gone into like the whole back catalogue or anything like that. I don't really know a great deal about them. I haven't heard many of their, I guess, most recent records. I'm not familiar with them. Yeah. Um, because I kind of went an entirely different way after high school. But but yeah, the first ones are really influential. And um, <laughs> I've been to many Modest Mouse shows. <laughs> I had all the merch. Oh, my God. I love how much you're smiling right now. I know. It's like kind of my face kind of hurts. I'm trying to control it. But uh, yeah, it's kind of bizarre how, it, you know, those bands from childhood where you like may have not heard their music in literally 20 years. Yeah. But if it were to come on, you'd automatically feel what you felt when you were listening to them and you could remember every word just out of nowhere. Yeah, totally. I love that so much. Yeah. I love that. That's Modest Mouse for me. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it is post-election slump. I mean, we're excited, but it's also is a lot of mm -hmm. heightened, and now it's relief, but also where do we go from here? But I was thinking about a year ago, we were on tour together. I know. It's really mad, isn't it? I yeah. can't believe it's been a year, and um, it's freaked me out, actually, because it just feels like we stopped mm -hmm. the tour, and then we had a bit of a break, and now everything yeah. happened with corona. Yeah. And now and, it's been a year. Yeah. I mean, it's blown my like, mind. Like, literally a year ago, we were on tour together in Europe. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. I miss touring. I mean, it's just like... I wonder if what we knew was going to happen now, like if we'd known then, whether we would change like how we would have played or something. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, well, you know me, every show I play, I play it like it's the last. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I, it is strange because it's not like we ever thought after that tour, oh, this is it, yeah. you know? Yeah, we're going to be in lockdown and this is crazy pandemic happening. And yeah, it's, it's just like, okay, now we go home for the holidays and then there'll be another tour. But then there wasn't. There wasn't. I know. I wonder when it ever will be. I know there should be at some point. But um, yeah, it's just it's just mad how quick time time goes. I know. Don't you kind of feel like we're turning into those washed up guys at the Rainbow Room who are all like, when I was touring with ACDC <laughs> back in the day. Okay, dude, get over it. That was, you know, 20 years ago. I guess it was just a year for it's us. We don't have to feel, we don't have to beat ourselves up about it too badly. It was just a year. Yeah. And uh, when it's all open again, I'll, um, I'll, meet you at the, I'll meet you at the rainbow. Yeah, right? You love the rainbow. Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do this. <laughs> okay, calm down. Ready? Go. 
Hi. 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 How are you doing? I'm trying to do this on our porch, but... Are you freezing? Is it cold there? Um, It's cold, but I'm like always dressed up to be outside. I, I'm wearing long johns and a bunch of stuff, yeah. What do you do outside? Uh, just walk around, stare at the ocean, hang out with our dog, and burn things, collect sticks. I don't know. Just space out. <laughs> burn sticks. That sounds like the life. <laughs> Laura and I, Laura, I don't know if I told you this, but um, Jeremiah, for the most part, lives in Washington. In Port Townsend, Washington. Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. very nice. Laura and I love the Pacific Northwest and more than ever now talk about moving up there, getting a cabin and moving up there. Yeah, together. Together. To walk around the woods and look at the ocean and burn things. <laughs> <laughs> you should. I always tell people to. I mean, I feel comfortable here. I grew up around here, basically. And my grandparents lived over that, that way. And they had a boat and stuff. So. It's really beautiful. I spent a lot of time. I grew up in the eastern part of the state for a while when I was younger. And it was really not my style. Like, if we hadn't got out of there, I don't. I would not be playing music. or <laughs> I'd probably be driving truck. I don't know. But, yeah, luckily we moved to this side of the mountains. And it's green. The other side of the mountains in Washington, it's desert, more or less. You know what I mean? Most yeah, Totally. Um, I, if I had the choice, yeah, I'd go the green side. So that's really cool that you get to live in that, um, really beautiful part of the world. Um, but right, let's get to the first question. Um, it's the same one that we ask every guest and that is, have you ever met your idol? And if so, what were they like? I, I, I did meet, I mean, I have, feel like I have a lot of idols, but Johnny Marr, I would say he's one of my idols, you know what I mean? And he was like, we actually played in a band with him, which I was like mind blowing, when he said yes to that, but yeah, he was great. He's like super down to earth, positive, like full of energy. He's someone I look up, look up to, you know? How did that come about? Um, did you guys ask him or did he approach you? Um, our singer Isaac, like actually got his number somehow, you know, just like he's an amazing guitarist. What's he doing right now? Like I, he just figured, like he's pretty bold like he, he just was like i'm gonna call the guy i got got his number <laughs> and called him and they talked for a while and they hit it off and i guess i don't know the whole you know i know that much but i heard that his son was really got him into us or something so he'd been listening to us but we were like new to him and he thought we were cool and he came out for like two weeks or something like that like he just thought it seemed like a fun idea i guess and at the time, he had, he had the time. And he wanted his son to think he was cool. Yeah, he came out for like two weeks, 10 days or something, and we hit it off. And we thought it was just going to be like a writing thing, like we were just going to write some songs together and stuff. But then we ended up, you know, touring for like, I don't know how long he was in the band, for like seven, eight years or something. Oh, wow. Is that long? I might be exaggerating. I don't know. It was, we toured for a while, took some breaks and, you know took us a long time to record our record but yeah he was cool and hopefully we'll play music with him again some other day i don't know i met the drummer the drummer of the cure lowell tolhurst and he was like super nice guy and kind of reminded me of johnny in a way just like you know wise musician dude like 
never mind. It's good to talk to those people, musicians who've been in the game for a long time, you know, and have gone through similar things. Well, do you want to hear some fan questions? There was a couple like, what's going on with new music? New, but we try to get more interesting questions than that. Yeah, that's a pretty common question. Yeah, all the press you're going to be doing, I'm sure, is going to be like that anyway. It's like the only question I get on Instagram ever from anybody. Where's the new music? Well, guess what, Modest Mouse fans? We're not asking him about his new music. Uh-uh. <laughs> We're not even going to talk about Modest Mouse. <laughs> Just a little, because I did um, reveal to Laura um, in the intro that we recorded for this episode that I am a huge Modest Mouse fan. And I don't even know if you knew this. <laughs> I didn't know if either of you even liked Modest Mouse. So I was like, I don't know. Well, this is funny because I am kind of the asshole person who's never a fan of anything. I honestly can't tell you the last time I've met someone who I was a fan of theirs. I know that sounds like, yeah, I'm an asshole, <laughs> but really I'm having a hard time hiding <laughs> my excitement. <laughs> my, um, and it's really rare for me to um, get nervous like this about talking to somebody because I just never am a fan of anyone. (laughs) So, I mean, Laura can attest to that. I can, I can. The first few Modest Mouse records shaped me as a musician. And I'm sure you hear this all the time, so I won't get too into it. But um, one of the questions we got from a fan was asking about if you keep in touch with Eric Judy. And it kind of was, it was funny because I don't know if, you saw the picture of the doll I had, the Eric Judy doll. Oh, wait, that was you? Yes. Nobody told me. I just heard about the Eric Judy doll, but I had no idea who okay. doll it was. Cat's <laughs> out of the bag. It was mine. <laughs> and I was like, where's uh, my doll? I saw you guys play, I think, the Fox in Boulder, Colorado. And I was in love with Eric Judy. I remember tons of girls where I'd always hear about it because they'd tell me about it. I, I guess he's the heartthrob of the band. I don't know what it is. I can't even really... He's like stoic. Well, when we were researching, I was trying to refresh my memory about you guys um, Googling, and I went down an Eric Judy <laughs> wormhole um, and found out that he stopped the rock band bullshit to be a family man and opened a bookstore with his wife. No, Eric's a great person i mean he's one of my favorite people he's like my best friend you know like him and isaac are my best friends. oh so you guys do stay in touch yeah we stay in touch it's pretty weird though i actually haven't seen him in person but i haven't seen plenty of people in person in years like i don't go to seattle much and i don't know people don't come out to where i live it's like off mm-hmm. the beaten path you know it's like you only come here for not many reasons but yeah <laughs> um I miss Eric. I miss playing music with Eric, you know. I'm, I mean, there's a chance someday we might do that again, you know, if he wants to. Yeah, that was a question from a fan asking about if you stay in touch with Eric Judy. And of course, my heart fluttered. So there's the backstory there. Laura and I were talking about how a year ago at this time, she and I were on tour together. Our bands were on tour together in Europe a year ago today. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the sound check song that I use to sound check my vocals now I am becoming that creepy <laughs> fangirl. Laura's just, don't go there. Cut it off now. <laughs> okay, ready? Well, I might be a lot of things, but I won't be ignored when I see them coming. The chariots of the Lord. Do you know what this is? What is that? Okay, off of your record. <laughs> Super sad, sappy sucker. 
there is a voice message that you guys put on there from a friend of yours. So it's not even like a Modest Mouse song. From oh, a friend of that yours. might have been this dude, Colin. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you guys put in a voicemail from a voice answering machine of a friend. Yeah, Isaac used to have this um, thing. You could call his house. And he, he, he would record songs onto his, uh, his answering machine because it had like a mic on yeah. it. So he would record into that because, I, I don't know, I think maybe he didn't have a tape recorder at the time and he just was using that. And then it was like, yeah, I don't I can't remember how he told people that he like made something to tell people like call this number or a new song every day. You know, people would leave messages and leave songs. Too. This has stayed with me since the sixth grade. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> Yeah, and then, like, we used to steal these tapes. I think it's, yeah, Colin, right? That's so funny. Where is this Colin? Yeah, where's Colin? Colin. I don't know. I was, just, I was just thinking that. Where's Colin? I haven't heard from him in years. Well. Funny guy. <laughs> so, yes, to answer your question, I know a little bit of Modest Mouse. <laughs> I know a little bit about your band. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> um, getting on to other fans, though. Go ahead, Laura. Who is your biggest um, percussive influence? So, mm. like, who inspired you to play drums? Um, and that's from Jared Israel. I, ha- I have to say the guy from Fugazi, because that was, like, around the time, oh, you know, absolutely. whatever that it was. Yeah, what I wanted to do, you know what I mean? Uh, Brendan, Brendan Canty, right? Yeah. His name Brendan Canty. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bill Ward from yeah. Black Sabbath. But that's what got you into drumming. Is- um, I mean, I don't know. I, what got me into drumming is that my brother got a bass. And I was bummed that I, I was like, I want to play punk rock, dude. Like, we both got into punk rock, like, really young. Some punk rocker dude moved to our neighborhood and made us these tapes and stuff. And we were just like, whatever, dude. Like, I want to, we both really wanted to play music. And my brother got a bass and I got jealous, I guess. And, whined about wanting to take drum lessons i just picked drums because i don't know actually <laughs> i don't know why i picked drums well there's your rhythm but section right there they got me a drum set like and maybe that kept me playing drums i play other mm-hmm. instruments too but you've only ever played drums in a band every now and again but yeah sorry is yeah. that answering the question oh yeah <laughs> the yeah. question was who's my drum and <laughs> yeah yeah brendan candy um, that's a good one yeah he's okay. a badass i just listened to fugazi last week it was great i don't know that guy's an amazing drummer i don't know it's like dancey and stuff you know you, you can dance to that stuff it's not just like punk rock like yeah non, like every song has got to be a blast beat or whatever like yeah there's something more to it yeah, it's more um, it's more inventive, isn't it, than a standard like pug beat? Um, okay, so what else have we got here? Um, okay, worst and best moments of touring yet. Best and worst moments. Oh man, it's a hard question, but I'll try to answer it. It is <laughs> um, loaded. I mean, I think like the best moments of touring are when we were younger and in a van and like staying on people's floors and meeting people and having cash in our pockets all the time. Like we just get cash. We like thought we were, yeah, we was like, what the, what the heck, man? Like, like 
we never, I don't know. I didn't know what was going to happen with yeah. our band. Like I left on tour the day after high school. So it was like, yeah, those times are the best, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, like sleeping on people's floors, like that kind of thing shapes you as a band, I think. And like so many bands um, skip that part, but I can't imagine skipping that part and like not doing any of that kind of like Yeah, like they stay in hotels immediately and they're yeah. like alone in a hotel room immediately. It's just like, I can't imagine, like, I mean, I like to get a hotel room now, you know, like, but I usually just sleep and I don't leave it when we get hotel rooms. But, like, I don't love being on a bus. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I prefer van touring because when you're on a bus, you're like a slave to the bus. Yeah, I like sleeping not in motion. Yeah. You can't go to the bathroom. I mean, it's nice to be able to sleep in and sleep whenever you want. Or whatever. Yeah, that That's is that cool. is really good. So. <laughs> You know, they're not they're not as glamorous as people might think. Maybe Little Wayne's bus is probably fucking super rad, but we usually have like a lot of people on our bus. I'm pretty but. sure that Lil Wayne still can't shit on his bus. Nah. He's still shitting in a bag. Or maybe it's just like I don't give a fuck. The worst part of touring has been like I hate to say it, but like big tour, like stadium tour has got to be some of the worst touring I've ever done. Like we did a tour last year, September, October, and it was one of the most depressing tours I've ever been on in my life. Probably the most depressing tour I've ever been on for various reasons. But do you know what I mean? I don't know. Just like going into some corporate sports arena and like rules, 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 like everywhere rules. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of lifeless, isn't it? And um, and the green rooms are always really, um, like, office-like, like you're going into some sort of corporate office or something. Total office vibes every day or, like, a hockey arena. Dude. We sort of got tricked into this long-ass tour. Who are you touring with? Um, the Black Keys. I mean, like, the last, like, two weeks of it, like, people started to open up and it started to be more, like, sort of fun-ish but it just felt like people weren't like ah never mind I shouldn't talk too much shit but no I um, get it I mean I think there's a disconnect and I think like especially when it's not your crowd it's even more of a disconnect it's like you're playing to I mean I don't the only time I've played that big of shows is opening for Nails and like nobody is there to see anybody except Nine Inch Nails. So I totally get that where you're just like, this is not my audience. This yeah. is nobody's audience except for, you know, Nails. Because I, so, I don't think our fans were going to pay that amount of money. To like, yeah. Because it became exactly. like, when we were told about the tour, it was like, I think people are just sugarcoating it because people do that. Like, oh, it's like a yeah. dual headline tour. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a pitch. It's the pitch. It's totally not the case first day of tour we realized that, that was not the case you know what i mean i um know a band that um did an arena tour with the black keys and i think they were on the tour for about three weeks or maybe it was longer um but they said that they never even said hello to them dude it the was weird that's that's kind of how i went like the singer guy never said hello to me once like he said have a good show one time and it seemed sincere but i was like we were like parked next to each other, like our buses, like every day. And apparently we, we both smoked just as much weed as each other. And I tried to say hi to him. Like he would look at the ground when I would say hi to him. He just weird. totally avoided me. It was really weird. 
I'm friends with the drummer. He's a nice guy. Oh, yeah, Patrick. I don't know anything about the singer guy, though. He's very... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he had a problem with us or something or what the deal was. You know? I don't know. I don't think it's you because, I mean, it's weird to hear this from, like, yeah. other bands, you know, and, like, they had had the same thing. They they just got completely blanked. And... um. But I just think that's just so weird. It'd make you feel so weird, wouldn't it? It's just like, why can't you just be nice and say hi? We were together for like almost two months or whatever, like dressing rooms next to each other. Like I didn't, I didn't try to go out of my way because I did, and then it was just like, fuck it. You I, know mean, I mean, it sucks though because it's not like it's okay ever to be treated that way. But I mean, but it's not like you guys are some small band. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're not, and we're not like kids, like. Like, we have, like, people in our band that are, like, 50 and stuff. Like, we all have families, and we've been doing this for a long time, dude. Like, longer than the Black Keys, actually. And, yeah, we don't, we're not popular on the radio. Like, the Black Keys, we're not totally fucking total rock stars, whatever. But, like, we've we've toured with a lot of bands. We've never treated a fucking younger or whatever band like shit. And, like, never... We've always been like, gone out of our way to try to be nice and make them comfortable. Like we give them our hotel rooms and stuff if we weren't using them and stuff like that. And like, I don't know. I remember like opening up for Elliot Smith a bunch when we were younger. Like we knew him, and then he like blew up, and he would like have us play with him all of, you know. And he was really nice. I remember this one time Isaac broke his amp, and Elliot just gave us enough money to buy a new amp, the Aww. same amp. Angel. Like, it's just a kind of person, I guess, because I'm on tour with a band that's like really famous and they're super cool and awesome and took care of our hotel rooms and, you know, treated us great. And then I was on tour with Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and they're so too cool for school and the singer didn't, I mean, I was on tour with them for a month and a half and saw them every day and the singer and the bass player I mean, the drummer, the, she's great, but the other, the dudes were just like acting like they'd never seen me before. Yeah, I find that so weird and disappointing because I really love that band. Um, That's funny. But yeah. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've like played like all sorts of things with them and I've never, they're like, there's bands like that. Like you play these festivals and you're around them all the time and you see them, but you don't fucking say a word to them and they act too for, too cool for school. Like there's a few of them, like, but it's yeah. generally not the thing. You know what I mean? Generally everybody's really yeah, generally not down to earth and normal, but yeah, I think yeah, too cool for school or too insecure. I don't know. Yeah. Most likely insecure about how cool they might be. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> you guys seem to be like super down to earth. How have you avoided becoming an asshole i mean i just don't think any it's in any of our natures to be assholes you know not that we've never been assholes but like i don't know i think it's the music scene we came from like you know like we didn't live in olympia like what we were in olympia a lot olympia seattle dc scenes isaac lived in dc for a while like all that stuff you know like feminism was like a big thing like riot girl like most of the girls I knew were like right into the riot girl scene and stuff like that. So like, it was, I don't know, like, I feel like growing, I feel like growing up being, being part of that scene with like people who are like conscious of these things that people are talking about now, you know, like people are being busted for and shit now. Like, 
I don't know, I was hearing about that stuff when I was like 13. So it was like, you know, and then the whole grunge thing happened in Seattle, like every jock at school, like started moshing and like, I don't know, I felt like we were all rebelling against that, like the mainstream like, of punk, you know what I mean? Just, I was also like part of straight edge, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So it's just these kind of movements where you were, it kind of shaped you as a person because I guess, I guess it's a, there's a big difference between like LA rich kids and New York rich kids starting bands and they already have this like weird entitlement thing. I think when it, when you're saying, well, it's just not in our nature, but I mean, you guys did hit a certain point of success and fame. You Like none of you like moved to LA to be rock stars, right? No, maybe we should have. No. I'd be talking <laughs> shit about you right sometimes, now. <laughs> sometimes I wonder, you know what I mean? It's like. I was just going to say that it kind of goes back to maybe what we were talking about. Um, the sort of deal, what I've seen, like sleeping on floors, doing the groundwork um, to get to where you, where you are. And like maybe that just tends to make you more humble and appreciative. Um, and maybe if you've skipped all those steps, you sort of don't really yeah get that maybe as much i don't you know it's not everyone but i don't know i feel like that could be one of the reasons yeah like there's a handful of bands that i watched like as we sort of moved into like the corporate rock world you know what i mean like all this happened gradual you know like pretty slowly and that's another reason probably why we're like i'm almost like some you know surprised when cool shit would happen you know what i mean just like because at the time in seattle like music was over and yeah like it was like people weren't giving people these crazy record deals and shit anymore like i think you guys definitely put in the work yeah and then when you guys kind of hit it i remember just being like whoa that's so awesome that they are actually kind of mainstream because you guys have such an unique sound and not commercial and somehow have made it work you know where i mean you guys have lonesome crowded west and interstate eight like all that stuff it's not like mainstream stuff you know at all and but there's such character yeah i guess not sometimes i forget i forget that just because i listen to some pretty out there music yeah no totally me too you know i don't like i'm like why isn't all this stuff mainstream man but I felt like that my whole life. But <laughs> I totally get that. I think I think I think being separated from the music industry in a lot of ways too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like being yeah. up here in the Northwest, like sub pop. You know, biggest label up here. Like all of our friends worked at sub pop at some point. But I'm just yeah, being separated from all that stuff. Like we had no idea people even knew who we were. Like the first time we went on tour and then we came to California and there was all these kids at our shows, like not like tons, but like two, 300 kids. And it was just like weird. We thought we were going to be playing to like four people like we do in Seattle. Like not always, but like in the beginning, like it seemed like we were more popular in California than Seattle, like in the early days, you know what I mean? It was just like a few record stores, like modeling and, Berkeley, I remember, like they were like, yeah, we sell tons of your records. You're like the best seller at our store. Just yeah, we had some friends down there too. I think maybe we were pushing us for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? But back before the internet, you know what I mean? It's like 
how do you hear about stuff? It's so random how that shit worked. It's still random how that shit worked. Well, it's cool that you guys made it work because it, it's so unique and different and you do your own thing and yeah. it's worked. So. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay, next question. The CIA has declassified a paper describing something called the gateway process. Loosely summarized, we can essentially time travel or be in other places if we can learn to align ourselves to certain frequencies. What are your thoughts on this, Jeremiah? I've heard of this. I'm pretty sure I posted something on the internet about it. And I, I believe it. I believe it. And yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah. I'm totally down with that. Is that an answer? Hang loose. <laughs> yeah. Eat enough mushrooms, <laughs> go into the woods, burn shit. And all of a sudden you're time traveling. I mean, there, there is some, yeah, getting on the right frequency. There, there's a lot of things in the universe that humans will never understand. And I think there's a lot of subtle energies that have been ignored and our senses are completely dulled through a lot of crap we've invented since the Industrial Revolution. So who knows? Like, Who knows? The human mind is pretty powerful. And yeah. We'll see what happens. What's your current rant and what's your current rave? What are you all about right now and what are you just not feeling? That's cool that Joe Biden was elected, maybe. but that does that we have deeper problems than a new president, way deeper problems as as humans. Like it's a hu- it's a humans all over the planet thing. It's not just like that. And I guess I could go on for, go on and on about what that is. You know? Yeah, no, you're right. There are much bigger, deeper issues that we can't just gloss over. And I think I was happy, relieved that Biden won the election rather than Trump. I was pretty vocal about that. However, it's not like I like celebrated and had this huge like, oh, great, everything's great now. I mean, there's a huge, there, there are huge issues. So I think it should be a huge wake up call. That's why I don't agree with censoring the internet of things that people find offensive. Yeah, I think on every level of everything, everybody's just like too easily fucking triggered. Like, buck up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon that's a good place to leave it, actually. Um, so, buck up, guys. And um, thank you so much, Jeremiah. Thanks so much for talking with us. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, it's good to do this. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Never Meet Your Idols. Join us next time when we welcome Dave Satek. To submit questions for us or our guests, email us at nevermeetyouridols at gmail.com. Or send us a message or voice memo on Instagram at nevermeetyouridolspodcast. Until next time, I'm Karay. And I'm Laura Mary. See you, See you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday.